Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zenashe. I'm your conduit, your coach, and your catalyst to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in a subject. A conduit provides a connection and a catalyst sparks change. So I am here today to talk about calm, kind of finding peace in the in the chaos of life. You know, we all have chaos that surrounds us, some of us more than others. Um, and how can we kind of try to find some calm? What, what are some resources that we can use to try to calm our lives, to make our lives more peaceful, more safe, um, just quieter internally and also sometimes externally. Um, and I am here today with Miss Charlotte Simpson. So say hi to the people. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank and, you for having me today. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. And so um, I wanted to kind of just start off talking about what does calm you know, mean to you? So I'm going to kind of say, what does calm, what does quiet mean to me when we're talking about kind of our lives? So for me, you know, when I feel calm, I feel at peace. I feel that um, I am capable of handling things and things are not overwhelming to me. And I just feel like everything is kind of in order. And it's it's just um, kind of like I said, it's just at peace. And so, you know, there are things that I do in my life to try to stimulate that calm. You know, like I might burn a candle. I might say a prayer. I might read a book. You know, I might walk in nature where it's quiet, you know, so sometimes when my life gets to be really chaotic, I have to kind of take some of those mental breaks and those those little mini, in a sense, vacations, whether it's 20 minutes in the bathtub soaking with some bubbles, you know, with a glass of wine or, you know, just these little things that help me to calm myself. And I've also found that breathing is great. We breathe all the time, but we don't breathe consciously. You know, so sometimes I'll go on YouTube and I'll actually do a breathing video. There's there's this guy I follow that is called Take a Breath and he'll actually take you through a five minute. OK, we're going to do some deep breathing. Breathe in for four counts. Breathe out for four counts. You know, picture yourself in a in a quiet forest or whatever, you know, and he's just having you just breathe and just calm yourself, you know. Picture your feet relaxing and now your calves are relaxing and you're deep breathing and picture your your thighs relaxing. And, you know, so some of those things help me to kind of find calm, even in the chaos of life, even in all of the the uproar that can surround us. So what about you, Miss Charlotte? When, when you think of calm, what does that mean to you? You said the perfect word, peace, peace. And one way that I get my peace is by walking on some uh, near water. Water is very tranquil to me and it cools me down. It slows me down. It gives me that, that inner peace that I'm needing. And then also um, I do say a prayer and sometimes I talk to myself. And like you said, take that deep breath. Um, I remember in school, I don't want to date myself, but uh, psychology was my favorite subject. And I just knew I was going to be a psychiatrist. But uh, we took the, when taking psychology, this particular day, she had us to come in and she had us to close our books. And I'm like, what? Close our books? But she uh, walked us through just exactly what you said, uh, to close our eyes and imagine us being somewhere else, whether you like the cold or the warm weather. 
imagine yourself there. And what it does is it allows your body to relax. Another thing that I like in order to have my calmness is being organized. Mm. When I'm not organized, things are so, you know, dysfunctional. It's chaos to me. I can't get that inner peace. But when I'm organized, I'm able to move fluently. And that gives me calmness. Awesome. I, I do. I can relate to several things you said. Water. Yes. Um, there is a place. I don't know if you've ever been to the Woodlands Waterway. Yes. <laughs> that is one of my favorite places to go and just to walk by the water to sit. Yeah. They have little benches out there. They even have a koi garden where they have the fish. Um, so just to go out there and sometimes they have music playing, but to go sit out there and listen to the water, to look at the water is so relaxed. And sometimes I take a book out there and I'll just sit there all right in my journal and I'll just sit out there by the water. Or sometimes I like to go to the Transco Tower, you know, near the Galleria and just watch the water cascade down. And it's just very relaxing. Sometimes you feel the water spraying on you and it's just very soothing. So I, I agree with you. Water is a, a beautiful thing. Um, there are plenty of places. Some of the parks have fountains in them. Right. And and I would like to, you know, go by those fountains and sit there and, and just breathe and just take it in and just, you know, not think about anything, just clear my mind, just clear mm -hmm. my mind and just let myself be in the moment. Right. Um, and then you mentioned being organized. Now, a lot of people say I'm super organized. I don't see it that way. I think that I have kind of a, a, a organized chaos, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there is a point where I'm like, okay, there's too much stuff around me. I have to get everything clean because I cannot think. Right. There's just too much stuff. So I have to clean this up before I can sit down and do whatever I need to do. Because so I, I agree with you that organization can definitely help you feel mm -hmm. that calm. And um, I think it's good. You know, we, we do live kind of in the rat race of America. Um, and it's good to go find those moments of calm because, you know, we, our bodies were not meant to stay in a perpetual state of, of heightened stress, you know, and science has told us that it can lead to heart disease. It can lead to, you know, hypertension and it can lead to ulcers and it can, it can literally shorten your life when you have so much stress in your life. So, you know, they've actually done studies that things like meditation and prayer and breathing activities, yoga, those kind of things will actually help you bring that stress down. Those stress hormones like cortisol, which can cause us to gain weight, and bring all of that down and and just actually add years to your life you know what else have you heard about why it's good to try to move away from the chaos to kind of trying to seek more calm in your life have you heard anything else that you know makes that important oh yes um because uh what happens is it causes like you said stress it's too it's too much on your body and then uh your body reacts uh, that's why a lot of people have heart attacks, strokes. Um, some people just go, you know, they they literally have a mental breakdown and your body reacts. And uh, I know for me personally, I've had heart palpitations uh -huh. and that's not good. Um, uh -huh. Nothing is that important to where I need to sacrifice myself 
to call, you know, to continue that. So it's very important to find that peace. But yes, uh, I just say the the body itself, and then the mind. You you can't think clearly. You can't think clearly if you if it even if you just have a lot of things on your mind. You can't focus. That's the key word. You can't focus, and it would distract you from anything else that you're trying to move forward in. So the body is very important that we concentrate on on that calmness and peace that you that you're speaking of. Yeah, I agree with you. You cannot think clearly. I mean, it just it's just too many thoughts jumbled up. You know, I uh I have created a journal and I journal I've been journaling since uh one of my teachers introduced it to me, I think in in fifth grade. Uh and I've been a journaler ever since then. And I sometimes call it downloading my brain because sometimes I can't even go to sleep at night because I have so much in my head and my mind is racing, going all kinds of different directions. And so I just actually download my brain and I get it all out. And then I take that deep breath and I go and I lay down and I go to sleep. And sleep is also another thing that we sometimes don't get enough of. I know I have to get on myself about that, sleeping more and trying to you know, take care of myself in that way. So uh, are you a person that gets enough sleep? Are you one of those that does a good job with that? Of course not. Now, if I had my way, right, even right now, I'd take a whole week and just sleep, rest as much as I possibly could. I always say that I need to try to catch up with my sleep, but I don't think that's even possible. <laughs> but yes, I'm one that needs it because... Even sometimes when we're sleeping, our mind's still going. And I'm a dreamer. So sometimes I just wake up tired because I've been working out through the night, even though I was asleep. <laughs> so, yes, I, I, I love I need that extra sleep and would love an opportunity to catch up on my sleep. And I found out that even taking naps, I mean, oh, yeah. I cherish uh, those memories of being in kindergarten and pre-kindergarten when we needed to take and had to take naps. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now as an adult, uh, can I take a nap? <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> but uh, yes, sleep is so important. And people don't realize how much uh, how important sleep is because again you can't really function if your body even God rested you know and so if he needed to rest what about us so it's very important very important that is that is very true and and um we are both involved um, with a nonprofit called Back to Eden. And I like that name, you know, Back to Eden, because, you know, Eden was uh, for people, pretty much everybody who's had a, a, any kind of biblical or church background knows that Eden was that garden that was created. Mm -hmm. And it was a place where people were um, initially, you know, close to God and, and, and close to nature and just in this kind of perfect environment. Um, now we may never have a perfect environment on earth, but we can try to get back to, you know, having that peaceful environment, that, that safety, you know, that place where we, we feel like we're protected and we're, we're not in danger, you know? Um, and so I actually love that name back to Eden. And, um, can you tell us a little bit about back to Eden? 
Yes, thank you so much. Back to Eden is a fellow program that uh, where we empower survivors to be leaders. And I am Charlotte Simpson. I am the chairperson. Uh, our founder and president is Kathy Phipps. She's not able to be with us on tonight. And then we also have uh, a vice president, Sherelle Simmons. And then we have you, Zen, yay, <laughs> as one of our board members. And we're so thankful. So our mission is to foster leadership skills in survivors of intimate uh, violence partners and sexual violence through an intense five-month fellow program. Our leadership model is experimental and it intersects knowledge with practice. So we're not out here just giving you a curriculum uh, do as I say. We're going to be there with you. This is life skills that we're giving those survivors. And what we're doing, uh, I'll take a step back, Kathy Phipps, uh, she uh, founded this in 2017, and it was a passion of hers because she, too, is a survivor of both sexual and domestic violence. And so when she was in the system, she saw some things, some, some gaps that needed. And so the Lord, she took it upon herself to go ahead and instill those services. And that's what Back to Eden is, and that's uh, some of what we do. Yeah, and I saw and I posted on my page that you guys uh, have been doing some support group meetings um, for different people and having different outreaches uh, for different groups of people who are struggling with different things. Um, and, you know, you have that Back to Eden Facebook page where people can look and see what you're doing and when you're having other meetings, because I know you had several in the month of July. Um, yes. So, you know. I, I also, you know, am a survivor of domestic violence and uh, sexual abuse. And so, you know, um, one of my friends actually, that actually uh, I get my, some of the moisturizer that I put in my hair, he makes it. He actually said, you know, there's a lady that I really think you would, uh, you guys should connect, connect, you know, and her name is Kathy Phipps. And, and I think she's looking for some people to get involved with her nonprofit. And I think you'd be a good fit because I think you guys have some similarities in your background. And um, and he was right, you know, because we were both survivors and we both have turned, you know, we're talking about, you know, finding quiet or, or peace in the chaos. You know, um, we both had some chaotic backgrounds. We had some violent backgrounds. We had things that happened to us that, you know, some people become bitter and, and hateful and, you know, want to take revenge for. But instead of going that way, we said, well, how can we heal? And not only how can we heal, but how can we help others to heal and move forward and rebuild their lives? And, and I love when you say uh, empowering survivors to become leaders, because, you know, when you have been victimized, sometimes you have um, the temptation to take on the role of a victim someone who doesn't have power, someone who's, you know, been taken advantage of and, and you can get stuck in that mentality, you know, that woe is me. But then the other side of that is saying, well, no, I, I'm no longer a victim. Now I, uh, I'm a survivor. I'm an overcomer. I'm someone who's on the other side of that. And I'm, I'm dealing with some things and I'm working on 
maybe getting some help in different areas, maybe healing in certain areas, but I'm not going to be victimized or even defined by what happened to me. I'm going to, to rise above it and I'm going to be able to actually reach out and help others rise above it. You know, and so that's part of what Zenergy is about is wherever people are stuck, wherever people are hurting, wherever people are, you know, discouraged, giving them things that they can look at, listen to, use to, get out of that and to find that peace and that quiet and that empowerment. And so with the Back to Eden Fellow program, I think that you guys are doing the same thing and, and trying to meet some very practical needs also. You know, so um, what are some of the the things that people could expect if they were to reach out to you? Like what what are some of the things that you're doing in the community? Okay, okay before you before we go there, I want to uh, kind of pity uh, jump on what you just mentioned. Uh, do you know, and a lot of people don't know, and if you're a survivor, you may not even realize, but it takes up to seven times before someone decides to move forward. It could take up to seven, so they go back to this thing. They may not We promote resilience by healing and by incorporating what we call the four R's of trauma. And it is an informed approach, which means we do realize, we recognize, we respond, we resist, so that we won't go back to that trauma. And so uh, I wanted to mention that because you were so on it right there. <laughs> But some of our services, uh, our fellow program, as I mentioned before, it is an intense five-month program. We also have support groups such as codependency, uh, PT, PTSD, family dynamics. Uh, we also, it's not just for adults. A lot of our teens right now believe that if he doesn't hit me or if she doesn't cuss me out, they don't love me. So we talk to teens about dating. And then we also have anger management. We also do like case management where we provide financial uh, literacy and then credit building because, again, this is not about just where you are now. We want to catapult you into a better, uh, a wealthier future. So we have to give you these life skills and tools to get you there. And so we have their credit build and then also safety planning. Um, we also help with those that need or are protective orders or maybe already have a protective order in place. So we're there to help them with uh, the, the uh, documented assault. And that's just a little bit of what we do. Uh, back to Eden, uh, the nonprofit, uh, I'm very thankful for it because where we are, what we provide is a lot of what is not being given. Uh, because you get to the point of getting out of the situation but then what? And so this is where back to Eden comes from, meaning back. We're going to get back to that calmness. If you've never been there, you're about to find that calmness because that's what we're about. And you you can't continue to, it can play in your mind and over and over, but we teach on how you can get that out of your mind, how to replace the negative with the positive. Well, you know, that's really great. And speaking, you know, when I came out of my um, situation, I remember um, 
one of my situations that happened was um, I had my, my ex-husband, my first husband had gotten angry with me and uh, we weren't even together. I was living in a totally different place, but that didn't matter. Um, and I had actually, you know, a protective order at the time that still didn't matter. Um, so he had gotten angry about something and he came over to where I was staying and he reached into the car and I had one of those bars that went on the, the, oh, the yeah. well, I forgot what those, I think it was called the club. The club, right. Yeah. And you basically locked it on the steering wheel so nobody could steal your car. And he reached across me and he took that and he smashed all the windows of my car while I'm sitting in the car. And um, I'm covered in glass, you know, all of the windows of my car are smashed. And I remember driving to the police station that was like maybe 10, maybe five miles away, 10 minutes away, something like that. And I'm like, uh, I want to file a police report. You know, my ex-husband broke his protective orders, you know, and came over to my place and, you know, I'm covered in glass because of this. And he's and they're like, um, are you divorced? Um, no, we were still married at the time. He wasn't my ex-husband at the time. He was like, are you still married? And I was like, yes. And they were like, well, we're, you know, he's not physically around you right now. So he's not technically breaking the protective order. It's your word that he did this. And if you're still married to him, this is community property. It's nothing we can do, you know, um, sorry, you know, and just the feeling of like, wow, there's, nothing you can do. There's, I mean, you were looking at me like, and the attitude that this particular officer had was like, you got yourself into this. Why are you expecting anybody else to get you out? You know, that was his attitude, even though he didn't say it, that was his attitude. Um, you know, why are you expecting help from us? You should have picked better. You should have chosen better. You should have seen this coming in some kind of way. And, um, but I do remember getting from one officer who happened to be a female officer, she handed me a card. It was like a magnetic card that you put on your fridge and it had a bunch of numbers, you know, like suicide hotline, police, you know, um, had the women's center on there and then it had a counseling center and it had like five, four or five other numbers. Um, and I remember actually calling like two or three of those numbers and that was how we ended up I ended up being able to get some services and some help from, um, you know, the women's center and another place that did counseling. I think it was called, oh my gosh, my mind is going blank. Um, it was a counseling center that counseled on a sliding scale. And I was there going to support groups for a year, you know, just getting my mind right. You know, uh, they had programs for the kids too. And just, People don't understand that when you come out of that situation, uh, people who've never been in it, they think, oh, she left him. Oh, her life is great now. Okay. You know, everything is rosy and cozy and it's safe and wonderful. And that's actually like the most dangerous time and the time when most survivors need the most help because that's the time when they generally come after you and try to get revenge for you having the audacity to leave uh, or having the audacity to call the cops or having the audacity to file a, a charge or whatever it is, that's the time when they want to come and, and do the most damage, you know? So it's, it's kind of ironic, but generally 
you're kind of safer staying than you are leaving. Not to say that you should stay, but that's why having a group like yours where they can get, you can get a safety plan. Let's come up with a plan of how you can leave in the most safe manner. It may never be completely safe, but let's try to really plan for everything that we can think of that we can plan for. And then even when you leave, here is the next step because you know everybody's telling you leave 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 like leaving is the end well it's actually kind of the beginning of starting a new life and you need help uh, most most women can't leave by themselves they just they need like i said the protective order or the restraining order they need the services you know that different community organizations provide. So a lot of people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also they need the mental help because you're talking about PTSD. I remember for years after I left that every time a man raised his hand, I mean, raised like his voice, mm-hmm. I would move just because his voice raised. I would literally move away. That was a sign that there's still an expectation that because he's getting agitated, I need to get away. I need to get out of arm's length. I need to get where he can't touch me because the next thing that's going to happen is he's going to, you know, reach out to punch me or hit me or whatever. So there are people who don't understand that there's all kinds of triggers that women have, men have, who've been abused, children have, they need to learn how to deal with those triggers. They need to learn how to, how to overcome those triggers, talk about them. Um, they need to learn that things were not their fault. They need to learn, you know, I remember getting some of the literature that I got where they talked about all of the different things that a, an abuser might do, you know, to control you that are not, it's not just violence. There's all kinds of behaviors. And I remember holding on to that and and looking at that time after time after time, because I was like, okay, this this is not healthy stuff. I didn't know that all of this was unhealthy. I didn't know what gaslighting was when they try to make you think that you're crazy or that, you know, I didn't know what minimizing is when they try to make it seem like you're blowing things out of proportion all the time. And I didn't know the names for any of these things. So I was taking what he was saying at face value and not knowing that, no, these are all mind control techniques. These are all him trying to get you not to trust yourself, him trying to make it seem like you're the problem. You know, if you just did the right thing, said the right thing, acted right, none of this would be happening. It's all your fault. <laughs> you know, so um, it, so there's a lot of unlearning that has to go on. And and when you don't know, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? And And so it's wonderful to have a place where they're saying, here, let me show you what to do next. Here, let me put a safety plan together with you. Here's a support group. You can come and talk with women um, that have gone through this and they're a little further up so you can actually see, oh, I can do this. She's doing it. You know what I'm saying? She's she's not running back to her abuser. She's staying out. You know, she's actually surviving on her own. She's at, because a lot of times, even if you have, I had a degree, you know what I'm saying? I was actually the breadwinner in our situation. I was making more money than he was, but still a person can beat you down so much to where they're, they're make you think you can't survive without them. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is going to want you. 
you know, all of these things is just psychological mind games. So when you have a group that comes together and says, we're here for you, you're not alone. You know, you're a good person. We're going to support you. We're going to help you, you know, do this and that and the other. Maybe if you need to go and file or, you know, some papers or let me help you, you know, do you understand how to even do this? Do you know where you need to go? You know what I'm saying? Do you know what you need to bring with you when you go? Right. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of guidance that um, I know that you guys are providing. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get involved because I know how lonely it is, how yeah. embarrassing it can be to have to, you know, people talk about coming out of the closet. Well, when you have to kind of sense come out of the closet as a survivor of rape or incest, you know, uh, something that happened when you were a child, you know, or domestic violence, you know, there's stigmas attached to that, you know, and um, to have a place that is validating you and saying, you know, we love you, we see you, you're valuable, you're worthy, it's not your fault, you know, here's, here's some of the things that happened to you, and this is some of the, the manipulation that happened to you and and this is what we can do to help you so it's it's very it's very powerful it's very um uplifting and you know I, and i say all the time i don't know where i would be had it not been for some of the people that came into my life at that point i don't know where my kids would be you know they're grown now but they were what they were six when i left wow. you know so so it's it's definitely something that is really important to have uh, groups like yours. And I know you might want to chime in on something. I know I was talking for a while, so. No, thank you. You helping me out. <laughs> but no, I want to share with you, I am a survivor as well. And um, I don't say much about it, but those that kind of know me know me. They think they know it. But I've been putting it out there a little bit at a time. and. One thing I have to say is you're forever learning, whether you're a victim, you mentioned about the police. Um, that's why a lot of people do not want to call the police because they feel like they may not be helpful. You know, I've experienced that myself. And it's like, why, why, what's the point? Um, and so I, I too was like, okay, this is so helpful. Um, but I was married and uh, three kids and, I tell you, uh, he told me to my face he wanted to keep me literally barefoot and pregnant and to myself. So emotional abuse, physical abuse, uh, it, the, I believe the emotional for me was worse than the physical because uh, the emotion for me, it lasted longer and it played in my head over and over. And like you said, I'm questioning myself. Is it me? Am, am I really like this? You begin to alter yourself, but you're becoming what they want because they have that control. Um, and, and so it, it became very scary. But when I did leave, uh, I, like you said, I was very embarrassed. Uh, I called my best friend at the time and I told her that uh, I was being abused and her one question was, what did you do? Mm. As if I was do that. Mm. And that alone just broke my heart. It wasn't anything else I can say. What was the point? 
But I'm very thankful that I had at the time my mother and uh, she was no nonsense and um, she was there for me even once I came home. But I didn't want to, for a long time, I didn't want to be seen because of the embarrassment. Not only now am I getting a divorce, but the fact of why am I getting a divorce? You know, when I came home, um, knocked on my mom's porch, uh, her door, and she saw me. I didn't look like myself. I was just that beaten and bruised. Of course, I didn't look in the mirror because I didn't want to see and so to this day, I hear the stories of how I look like walking death. Uh, I say that to say, uh, you're so right to have a program like this. And I didn't at the time. I did see counseling, but I'm still learning some things even now. And it's so important to be that freeing and saying, you know, I'm thinking, okay, Charlotte, wise up. So now I know what to look out for in other relationships, not only just, um, you know, boyfriend or, or husband or what have you, uh, co-workers, uh, friends, they all can manipulate you and have you to think one way about yourself. And so I pay attention to all of these signs and I'm so thankful to Back to Eden because this is a passion of mine. Uh, to help those. I see people walking down the street and I tell you, I want to pull over. <laughs> I saw, uh, there was an incident at the bus stop uh, just the other day. And I'm, uh, a friend of mine said, did you see? I didn't see. And they was like, well, if you had seen, we know you what you would have done. Yes, something was going to happen <laughs> if I don't do nothing but pull over and call the cops. But I am so very thankful to Back to Eden to give out this information that is so widely needed to male and female. We don't just service females, males as well. Yeah, and you know, you're talking about your best friend and her reaction. Um, I probably till let's say maybe a year ago, I could probably count on one hand the amount of people who knew, right? right? Um, because I didn't want people to know, even though it was years ago. I mean, I left in what, 1999? Um, so we're talking about over 20 years ago, but still I didn't want people to know, even though it's been 20 plus years mm -hmm. because there is this, like you said, well, what did you do? Or what didn't you do? Or why didn't you leave the first time? Or what, whatever, all of these different things. Um, and I understand that people who, you know, people have their, when you have never been in that situation, let's say, let's say before I was in the situation, I might've said the same thing. So I can't even judge them in a sense because it's hard to imagine being an adult and being in a, an abusive situation if you've never been in one. It's hard to imagine, like, how did somebody even let that happen? That's the, the, the thought people have. But it's so unexpected the first time it happens. And it's so, you know, it doesn't happen normally the first day or the first, no. the first year, you know what I'm saying, for me. You know what I'm saying? And by the time it happened to me, I mean, I had two kids and we've been married for years. And I'm like, this is the man I plan on spending the rest of my life with. And then you think counseling will help. 
you know, church will help, prayer will help, fasting will help. If I do this, if I do that, I can fix this because we didn't start out this way. I can fix this, you know? And then there's also that pressure. I, I know I grew up in a culture of women are the glue of the family. It's your job to keep that man. You even hear that, well, she can't keep a man. You know, that whole thing. It's your job to keep him happy. It's your job to keep your family together. It's your job to um, make him happy. And um, actually, I had to let go all that go. No, it's not my job to make him happy. It's my job to be the best person and relationship partner I can be. But each person has to make him or his, herself happy. It, he has to make himself happy. You know, I have to make myself happy. We can we can come together and bring each other happiness and, and do things that, you know, the other person loves. But no, it's not my job to make that person happy. It's not my job to become something different so that he finds me acceptable. You know, because why did he get with me if he didn't find me acceptable? Why did he get with me to tell me why you wearing makeup? Who you want to impress? You know, why? Why? Did, why? Why are you going to do that? You know what I'm saying? Why are you wearing perfume? You know, what you leaving out the house with perfume on? Why are you doing that? Oh, you trying to meet with somebody who you trying to meet with? You know, just the little simplest thing. I mean, by the time I left, I didn't wear makeup. I didn't wear perfume. I didn't wear anything form fitting. All of my clothes were about two sizes too big because all of that was a problem. You know? All of that was a problem. So it's like you change so many things about yourself and then you don't even realize it because you're just trying to keep the peace, right. you know, and, and we're talking about calm as a topic of this, but keeping the peace and being at peace are two different things because right. there's a lot of women that try to keep the peace in a chaotic house when they have to realize sometimes you have to leave, you have to leave. This person has a lot of issues and they need to get their, themselves together, you know, and you have to leave and take care of yourself and your kids if you have kids, you know. And um, so probably about a year ago, I started um, talking about my experiences and talking about um, all the things that had happened with me and, and, and how it affected me and all that. And I will say this to women out there with kids. I left when my kids were six. I thought that they were going to be good. I thought that they weren't going to remember any of this. They do. They remember. And even though I put my kids in counseling, they still to this day at 26, there are behaviors they have that um, they have chosen some um, chaotic situations at times because chaos was normal for them being growing up those first five, six years in a chaotic environment made chaos normal for them. So when they ran into somebody who had a chaotic personality, uh, a manipulative, controlling, deceptive, uh, abusive personality, there was a sense of familiarity to that. And both my sons had to, in a sense, unlearn some of that. And, and I, I did too, you know, learning what a good relationship looks mm -hmm. like and, and how, how you should be treated and what good communication looks like and what peace looks like. And that, and I must say this, peace is not boring. You know, there's some people who feel like, well, if there's, if there's no fighting and making up, you know, and, and there's no, you know, drop down, drag outs, cursing out and da -da -da, throwing stuff against the wall. Well, that's a boring relationship. No, that's a healthy relationship. 
you don't need all of that to have uh you can spice up your relationship in other ways you know go out to a comedy club that's that's spicing up your relationship nobody has to get a black eye to spice up your relationship you know so there are other ways to um to have excitement you know go go to an amusement park you know what i'm saying go go bowl go go to main event go go do something together that's wonderful and healthy you don't have to be abused or in an abusive situation just to have some not to have a boring relationship you know so <laughs> yes, I, add anything on to that? yes i wanted to say uh zen as we are queens and we as queens we fight to the fullest we're gonna try our very best to keep it together if it means taking ourselves down that's what we do we as strong women we're gonna keep our families together if it means that okay i have to accept him beating me and doing all of this and like you say cussing me i do it like you say to keep the peace that's not peace that's not peace and um i we what i like about back to eden is that we teach how to have healthy relationships which is very important because even as you stated when we're in a relationship so long we begin that becomes our normal our norm and so if, if you start kidding me, cussing me, it's not normal and it's boring. Um, and then, like you said, we can spice it up uh, many other ways. Uh, so, you know, I like, um, I learned from my history to take to those um, points of what I had, what I saw. And be careful not to take those into the next relationship. Because what will happen is if you're not getting that norm that you're accustomed to, you turn around and you'll become the abuser mm. because you're so accustomed to those ways. Mm. So back to Eden teaches us how to have healthy relationships. That's really good. Um, we're going to take a quick um, commercial break. So um, and we'll be right back. So I'm going to play a little commercial for you guys, but we're going to be right back in about three minutes. My name is Zena Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you. Okay, so we are back. And um, I wanted to, to kind of piggyback on what you said um, about knowing what a healthy relationship looks like and knowing that you don't have to go through all of that. I remember one of the things that I did, I, I went to some support groups after I got out of my relationship. And I remember this woman, she was getting her... Um, 
her certification as a counselor. And so doing the support groups was part of her process to get certified. And I remember she said something like, um, we have to understand that there's actually been changes in our brain when we go through trauma and we actually have to give our body and brain a time to heal and come back to normal. And she was saying, what I mean by that is that she said, when you are in an abusive relationship, you're walking on eggshells sometimes, and then you get these bursts of adrenaline when, you know, there's a, a scary situation, you get this burst of adrenaline, you know, and then you kind of come back to, you know, come back down to normal. Um, and you get used to, in a sense, that there's going to be these outbursts, there's going to be these times when you get this, in a sense, this burst of adrenaline and then this sense of relief. Okay, well, nothing happened that time, or it, was, it wasn't that bad or whatever. You get that, that real like, and then it comes back, that, and it comes back and you get used to that. And she says, so for some survivors, they actually get addicted to all of those chemicals that are flooding their system because there's kind of an endorphin rush. It's kind of like runner's high or something like that, that you can actually get addicted to that. And what you have to do is learn how to give yourself positive stimulation, do things that are healthy for you, you know, go on a run, go on a walk, you know, find out what you like, give yourself that, give your, yourself those endorphin rushes. Mm -hmm. She was like, because otherwise you will literally go out and seek out another partner like that to recreate that feeling because you've become addicted to it. And that was like, it was scary and mind boggling to me, but I could not deny it in a sense, because I, I, as a person who had been out of that relationship for two years at the time, I was out of that relationship for two years at the time, there would be times when I would be feeling like I was missing something, you know, and I didn't know what it was and feeling like mm, there's something I'm missing. I'm feeling this like, mm. and when she said that, it just, this ding, 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 ding went off in my, my head that's what I'm feeling like I'm missing. I got used to this adrenaline rush, this, 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 you know, cascade of endorphins and chemicals that was going through my body, all these hormones going through my body. And now that I'm actually in a healthy relationship and don't have it, mm, I feel like something's missing. And, you know, her saying that, okay, you know, there's a way to fix this give yourself those positive, you know, those, those rushes of excitement, you know, which we were having negative excitement because it was fear, but sometimes your body and your brain doesn't exactly know the difference between negative and positive. You know what I mean? Because a negative can be, you know, we can redefine a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? In our brains. Um, and you know, black can become white and white can become black. Um, and, and we don't understand that that's what's happening. And so that was something that I learned. And once I learned that and I learned how to really take better care of myself and give myself um, things to look forward to, mm -hmm. give myself that, uh, in a sense, those adrenaline rushes on my own by doing things that I loved, then that feeling of something's missing went away. And that was very empowering for me to understand that, okay, what I went through changed my brain, but I can change it back. I can, I can stop craving this 
high, low, high, low, high, low. I can get used to there being a more constant flow of life, you know, and, and, and I don't have to feel like that constant flow of life is a problem. I can feel that it's a blessing, you know? Um, and, and so it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like, in a sense, I hate to use this analogy, but it's the closest thing I know to it. Um, it's like when a person gets addicted to drugs, you know, even though I've never been addicted to drugs, you see them seeking that high, even though they know that there's a low coming as soon as they hit that high, they know there's so many consequences, but the high is so high that they will go for that high, even when they know they could be, you know, falling all over the floor, you know, zoned out, vomiting, crashing into something. They could have all, they could have an arrest. They could lose their job. They could have all this stuff. But the high is so high that they're still seeking it anyway because their brain is actually changed to crave it. And there's been that physical change also with addiction. So that was something that I learned that I was really um, happy that somebody taught me mm -hmm. so that I could have a healthy relationship and, and not seek out another abusive relationship because my brain was fried from all the chemicals that all the endorphins and adrenaline that had been pumping through it for almost six years. Yes. You know, it had gotten used to all of that mm -hmm. and didn't know how to deal without it. Right. You know? I was going to say uh, you and I are on the same wavelength because when, as you was talking, I was like, this is drug, uh, drug abuse, substance abuse. And it, you're exactly right. Uh, we go and we chase that first high and we never can catch it. So we perpetuate that, that, that attitude or that, uh, that action. And, um, one, as you was talking, I thought about affirmations. It is so key to, uh, have affirmations. Uh, but before I go there, I wanted to mention also that back to Eden, we do help with, uh, substance abuse as well. Um, but now the affirmation when you would say we have to reprogram our mind and learn uh, the negative, the positive and right from wrong, retrain our, our mind. Affirmations are so great for that because we're going to find affirmations to state and uh, meditation is uh, repeating that affirmation out loud over and over and over and we train our brain. And so, yes, uh, we do affirmations as well. And that is so very important for us to retrain because we don't want to go back to that. Right. We don't want to go back to that. We're so much better than that. Oh, yeah. We I have to have someone to let us know and teach us and continue to guide us through that. I agree with you on that. We we definitely are so much better than that. And, and you know, I self, I remember when I came out. All right. I felt I had lost myself. And um, everybody says, well, how did you find yourself? And, you know, one of the things that I did was um, I created a poster for myself and I went A to Z and I, I put things about myself, you know, positive things. And I actually just posted this in my house. I blew it up at Office Depot and posted it in my house. It was like a oh gosh, that it was a poster size. So I don't even know what the dimensions are. Poster size, But I would look at it every day. 
And then um, one of the things I also did was I wrote down a list of the qualities that I really needed in a partner, things that were going to be healthy, things that were going to be safe, things that were going to bring me calm. And, and I wrote, I had a list of 10 things and I put that on my wall, you know, and, and I actually did marry a man just like that. You know, we were married for almost 11 years. So I got all the things on my list, you know, but um, yeah. So really going back and, and, redefining yourself and, and finding that peace and that calm in inside, you know, and, and looking back and, and looking at, you know, taking accountability, you know, I had to look at some of the red flags that I missed, some of the uh, behaviors that I had that kind of may have um, like low self-esteem. I had to say, okay, I'm going to work on my self-esteem. I'm going to work on my identity. I'm going to work on my boundaries. You know, these were all things that helped me to find peace, um, find a, a a stable foundation. And those took took years. It took years, you know, to revamp my self-image and and really. Um, just come out and be a different person, a better person, a stronger person. So I don't have any regrets now about what happened. It, it is, it, it is what it is. You know, it was a choice that I made and I had certain consequences and, um, and I had to learn from them and I had to grow from them. And so, but I, again, I'm so thankful for the people that were there and helped me and the, you know, I'm so glad that there's a place, you know, like back to Eden that can help more people to deal with some of those struggles, you know, because you can feel like you're on your own. You can feel overwhelmed. You can feel like you don't even know where to start. And just to have someone who's okay, I, I know where you are and you're not by yourself. And here's some steps to help you get to where you want to be. And even getting to wanting to set goals and wanting to even imagine a better life. Sometimes people are scared to do that when they've been in a bad situation. You know, they're scared to, you know, to, and it's great to have somebody come and say, yeah, we can set goals with you. We can, this is where you could be. This is what you could do. You know, you know, let's, let's talk about how you're going to get there. Let's talk about, you know, some of the things, the, the steps that you can take to get there. You know, so those are some really, inspiring motivational things you know that can help people yes yes and back to eden we're here for you we want to help those that are in need to get back to that place and uh being able to find a new you somewhere where you never thought is so awesome and that's what i'm learning even today this is a new Charlotte that you're looking at. <laughs> this is yeah. not the Charlotte back in the 1990s. <laughs> and But I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. And a lot of times I heard what you said, um, you owned up to your mistake. But guess what? You're human. We're all going to make mistakes. The important part is recognizing that mistake, not beating yourself up. Over and 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 over, like yeah. Charlotte did. <laughs> right, right. But owning up to it and being able to move on. And we're here at Back to Eden. That's what we, our goal, our mission is to help you to find the new you, the you that you never thought you could be. <laughs> 
So, yes. And I just wanted to give out some uh, our location. If anyone needs to come out and uh, get some assistance, uh, we're located right here in Houston, Texas, 4141 North Freeway, Unit 102. And our zip code is 77022. And in case you wanted to call us and get more information, please do. Our telephone number is 713-239-0356. And our website is backtoeatingfellow.org. Well, thank you for that. Um, I just wanted to say one thing because you said something really important everyone makes mistakes and you don't need to beat yourself up over and over and over again by over the fact that you made a mistake um and i think one of the things that i learned one of the things that brought me calm even in the chaos of of moving from a bad situation to a better situation was forgiving myself and forgiving him and forgiving everybody, you just everybody. Cause you know, a lot of times survivors can look back and say, you know, I learned some of these bad thoughts, patterns from my parents or my grandparents or my aunts and uncles. You know, I saw a lot of negativity in the relationships around me, you know, okay, they're human, you know, forgive them. And, and I made some bad choices. You're human, forgive yourself. You know, and your partner made some bad choices. Well, he or she was human, forgive him. You know, and just letting all of that weight come off and say, okay, today is a new day. I'm not trapped in being who I was. I can be someone completely different. I'm not, you know, sometimes people say, why are you changing up? You know, you know, you do need to change up. We should grow as people. So don't feel as a, a person that you owe someone else the, um, how can I put it, to stay the same. You need to live the life that is going to best suit you and be healthy for you and bring you peace and calm. You know, our state, when we were born, before we were born, we were in this perfect place of calm inside the womb you know what i mean and then we came out and then we had for many of us we had a lot of love and attention and 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 we had the swaddling and the 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 safety and all of that and then we come as we get older we come into more and more conflict and more and more <laughs> chaos but we can we can go back and and have those Edens, you know, whether it's a support group, whether it's um, a building where we go and get help, whether, you know, it's it's actually something we create in our own home. You know, I think everybody should have a place in their home where they just, you know, maybe it's your bedroom, maybe it's your bathroom. That's that's your little place where you close the door and you have a little me time and you find that peace and that calm in the middle of whatever is going on. And whether it's 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day, 20, 30 minutes a day, whatever, you take some time for yourself because you deserve it. You deserve to let all that go, you know, just breathe it out, shake it off. You know, I think of uh, that TV show, what was it? A Different World, when a Jasmine guy was sitting on the sofa with the therapist and the therapist said, relax, relate, release, relax, relate, release. 
you know, and, and I think for many of us who saw that show in the nineties, we all had that little mantra, relax, relate, release. And we would kind of tell ourselves that. And, and as an athlete, I remember being on the court, the volleyball and the basketball court. I had a coach named coach Pellerin, black lady. She had dreads. The woman never aged. She looked the same 30 years later as she did when I was in high school. (laughs) But I remember she would bring us off the court and we would have our half times or we would have our huddles. And she would say, whatever just happened that first half, everybody shake it off. We're going out there the second half. We're going to do our best. We're going to win this game. But if you made a mistake, if you, you know, drop the ball, if you, whatever, just shake it off, just shake it off. And then sometimes you would see us, you know, coming out onto the court and we would still be kind of shaking it off, just shaking it up, just letting all that go because there's nothing you can do about the past. You cannot change the past. You can only change the present and moving into the decisions you make in the future. And so just letting all that go and making better decisions, getting knowledge, getting guidance, getting some some help and support so that you can move from chaos into peace and calm and quiet and, and get healthier. You know, that's, that's what we're all about. You know, that's what Zenergy is all about. That's what Back to Eden is all about. Just giving people those things to sh- let's shake all that stuff off from the past and let's let all that go. Let's relax, relate, release. And now let's look at where you are and what can we do right now and how can we move you forward, you know, so that you can have the life that you want, the life of your dreams, you know? So I think that that's definitely what we're here for. And, and, as you can see, scrolling on the screen, you know, we've got back to edenfellow.org is their website. They do have a campaign. So those of you that are listening in July right now, they do have a campaign going. It will end soon, but they will be doing another one later in the year. So if you wanted to tell them a little bit about the campaign. Um, yes. Thank you. Our crowdfunding campaign is in July and we have different levels and not only will you be given to us, but we'll be given to you as well. Uh, and those um, those monies will be for operational expenses as well as support groups as uh, um expenses. We want to be able to know that all of our clients will be able to get the resources needed. So this is where these monies are coming from. And you can actually go to our website and you'll uh, actually see the crowdfunding um, link right there. You can go there and click on that and actually read up on it. And then also uh, it's on Indigo and that's I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. And you can also donate there. Donate there. But if you go to our website and if you're not able to do the campaign, you can go to our website and press the donate button and click there. Trust me, you, this is good ground. We're helping the people. We're helping our communities. So uh, your monies and your donations will be put to great use. And we really greatly appreciate it. And just to kind of, I guess, put things into perspective and just to give credit where credit is due. There are many of you that might be listening and you don't know the women around you that have gone through uh, sexual abuse, rape, domestic violence. Uh, In the black community, it's six in 10 that have been um, sexually abused before the age of 18. And 
I believe the statistics on domestic violence are in America, the last time I looked anyway, every 90 seconds, a woman is beaten by her partner. Every 90 seconds. So let's say we've been on here 60 minutes. So we're talking about about 30 plus women have been beaten or in some way abused by a partner um, during this broadcast, just in this time we've been talking. So there is a high mm -hmm. likelihood that you know someone that has been abused or raped or a victim of childhood sexual abuse. These are the people that they are helping. You know someone who uh, has been addicted to drugs or is addicted to drugs. These are the people they are helping. And when you're thinking, well, I mean, oh my gosh, those people never change it. Yeah, they do because you're looking at one. I'm not in an abusive relationship. I'm not being raped or abused in any kind of way. Yes, people can move from that and come out and become a survivor and overcomer. And a lot of those people go on to live really productive um, lives where they try to give back like, like Miss Charlotte is doing, like I am doing. So when you look at people, look at Oprah Winfrey. She is a survivor of both, you know, incest and, and um, sexual abuse as a child. All right, she's a survivor. Maya Angelou was a survivor. There's so many people that have gone on to live amazing lives, great lives, productive lives. So just because this happened to you, if you're, if you're a person in it right now, you don't have to stay there. You can come out and live in a sense, the life of your dreams. And if you're a person who's never been in it, never really known anybody, there are people that you can look at like the two of us, like the, the famous people that I mentioned that have come out of this. So, um, you know, do what you can support where you can, um, and, and share, you know, this video, if, if you can't give a dime, right. share the video. Maybe there's somebody out there that you share it to that can support financially or can, you know, volunteer or maybe needs the services. So when you post this on your page, you know, then they may get, they may know, they may say, oh, I didn't even know this was a place I can go. Oh, this is right in my neighborhood. Oh, this is not too far from me. You know, I can go there. I can get some help. So I just wanted to uh, encourage the people that are out there to share um, this video and to donate if you can. And I wanted to thank you guys for joining us. I am Zenashe. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Zenashe Poetry, Z-E-N-A-S-E -E Poetry. Um, Instagram is all smushed together, Zenashe Poetry. Um, the podcast is called Zenergy. If you've never seen an episode before, Z-E-N-N-U-R-G-Y. It is about the urge for more peace and fulfillment in life. We discuss a different topic every week. And so this topic was about finding calm and peace, even in chaos, moving from that chaos to calm. And we happen to talk about domestic violence and uh, surviving sexual abuse and, and a substance abuse as a part of that. So I had Charlotte Simpson with me. And can you tell them again about Back to Eden, where to find Back to Eden? Yes, we are located in Houston, Texas. We're at 4141 North Freeway, unit number 102. And our zip code is 77022. And our telephone number is 713-239-0356. If you need help and you go on our website, you'll also see where there's a link there for you to click. 
if you're in uh, a situation right there where you can safely click the 911 button there. And then also, I just wanted to plug right quick that we also have a YouTube show called Spilling the Community Tea. Get it? Community. Well, we give information about not only our community, but yours as well. Some things that you may not know is happening or uh, going on in your community. So if you get a chance, go to our website or look up the YouTube show Spilling the Community Tea. <laughs> And thank you again so much for having us. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And thank you guys for joining us. May you walk in Zenergy. Have a great night. My name is Zenashe, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy which is Fuel for the Mind, Body, and Soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you.